Attention, Kmart shoppers. The flashing blue light is now in the back of the store, where for the next 30 minutes, we're going to be featuring entertainment and comedy as Jim and Harry go down the TV rabbit hole. How is that for an intro? Howdy. Fabulous, Jim. <laughs> Tell you what, I, I, I would love to have one of those Kmart flashing blue lights. Can you get those on eBay anywhere? No, you used to be able to get the, the knockoff version at Radio Shack, but that was the one that just sat on the desk. It was the blue one that spun around. But it, for those of you that don't know, Harry and I met working at Kmart in Harlington Heights, Illinois, and we actually used to do blue light specials. Well, every week we pick two shows and we go down the rabbit hole. Two shows that are good, bad, whatever. It doesn't matter how, how successful they were. They're just shows that intrigued Harry and I over the years. We've been watching TV. We started in Chicago back in the 1960s, actually. So we've got a lot to choose from. And Harry... We haven't done this in a while, so the pressure's on. I hope you have a good one. Okay, my friend. You know, actually, as you know, I tend yeah. to have a, uh, I tend to lean towards bad shows more than good. I tend to yes, lean towards shows that didn't get much airtime, that maybe didn't get off the ground, were complete Hindenburg of a kind of a concept, and that not many people have seen. Right? I tend to go that way. Well. I'm not doing that this time. Instead, Whoa. I want to give you Green Acres is the place to be. Farm living is the life for me. Can I just finish? And you know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that Eddie Arnold, the star of that show, actually sang the song. He sure did. I can hear him now. Land spreading out so far and wide. Keep Manhattan just give me the countryside. If, if you sing too much of it, we're going to have to pay some rights or some fees or something. So, it's a, But that's a, a classic show, one that I know you loved ever since I've known you. I do love it. And there's many, many reasons that I love it because it pushes all the buttons that I like. Number one, it has tremendous characters okay yes. that is first and foremost one of the best all-time shows as far as the list of characters the depth of the roster so to speak okay yes. but let's go back green acres 1965 to 1971 on cbs that's a good solid run right oh sure um around that time um, the creator of the show, uh, a guy named Paul, actually it was created by a guy named Jay Summers, but Paul Henning was the executive producer. You'll see his name along with Dick Chevaliot and Richard Barr. You'll see him on every show. They actually make a game out of the credits on some Green Acres episodes, like where you'll see their names on eggs or sometimes uh, on the tractor wheel or whatever. They put them in different places. But anyway, these guys did the shows. Paul Henning also did, created Petticoat Junction. So it's a sister sure. show, right? We talk about crossovers where they'll be going one show to the other. It's not always the case that they're created by the same people. In this case, Paul Henning was kind of the mastermind. And matter of fact, his daughter was on Petticoat Junction. Right off the bat, I'm talking about another show. But <laughs> remember the three girls that pop up? They're in the water tank at the beginning, gets our attention and everything like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have Meredith Baxter Bernie, uh, the dark-haired one, and the red-haired girl was... Uh, <laughs> Wait, it wasn't <laughs> Meredith Baxter Bernie. It was Meredith McRae. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right, so keep going. <laughs> All right. So, All right. But the redhead, that was Paul Henning's daughter. Okay, Linda. Yeah, Linda she, was, she was a cute one. 
Well, that, yeah, she's you the one said, that, hey, that I think Meredith she, Baxter burning was the cute one, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, and she's the one that ended up marrying the crop dusting pilot. Yes, right. I didn't. Okay. Yeah, they, that they, was I, that was okay. a jump the shark moment, but we, we'll do that when we talk about Petticoat Junction. Petticoat Junction. All right. So two sister shows, Green Acres, really funny, starring uh, the great Eddie Albert, and of course the lovely and boy, she was good looking at the time, Ava Gabor. Ava Gabor. She was good looking at the time, and uh, now she look. I always got and still got, when I started researching the show, I thought that it was Jaja that was in the show, but no, it was Ava no. Gabor. <laughs> But, uh, you know, because they, they were sisters and they sounded similar. But anyway, Eddie Arnold was a big star at the time. I mean, not real sure. big, but, you know, he was a respected actor. Um, and he started in the show, the, the whole nine yards, uh, and he, 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 he never um, uh, thought less of himself or tried to shy away from the role. Like, after it was over, he went on and did other things. He did... Um, he did a show called Switch. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure do. I don't it, was good, it was a good, like buddy. It was a buddy cop show. He was with a younger guy, and it was successful. Yeah. Yeah. And he uh, did Falcon Crest. I guess he was on that for a while. And he, of course, he was in movies afterwards, or at least a couple. He was in The Longest Yard as the prison warden. So yes, he was great in that movie. Yeah, great. I think I broke his freaking neck. Yeah. So <laughs> that was uh, Ray Nitschke did that line. Remember. So anyway, back to the show. I keep getting sidetracked. Yeah. Um, so Eddie Arnold was a big, it was a fairly big star. Ava Gabor, I don't know whether how well known she was, but anyway, the, the concept is the reverse, the polar opposite of the Beverly Hillbillies, the mirror episode. On the Beverly Hillbillies, we've got the the country people put into a sophisticated upper class environment in Beverly Hills. Green Acres, we have the opposite. We have the upper-class, sophisticated people from New York put into uh, Hooterville. Our frustrated everyman is Eddie Arnold. And he is the only normal guy on the show, for the most part. And this, Yeah, Sam Drucker was kind of normal a little bit, but no, you're right. You're right. I was all the other characters yeah. were, were quirky. There has to be a little bit of balance here, and Drucker... Yeah, it was pretty much normal. Every once in a while, Ed could be normal, but not really. But mostly, and this is a, this is not uncommon on shows to have one guy who's like in a sea of weirdos, and that was the, the theme here because we had uh, Mr. Douglas and Ava uh, Gabor moved to Hooterville from New York because uh, uh, Eddie Albert is plays the lawyer Oliver Wendell Douglas, who decides that uh, he's had enough of that kind of living in a corporate environment and wants to go out and live off the fat of the land and farm the land. And, of course, they'll, we all know the theme song, uh, New York is where I'd rather stay. You know, and he pulls his wife away. And uh, they live in Hooterville, and the land is sold to them by a guy named Mr. Haney, who right. starts by ripping them off with the sale of the land and the tractor and the wheel comes off and every little thing he comes by to try to solve the problems that happen after that wants to sell to Mr. Uh, Douglas and everything is, uh, you know, exaggerated and, and Eddie Albert doesn't want to buy any of it. Mr. Douglas, those plants that you have here deserve to be kept in a museum quality encasement. Museum quality? That's a pot. A pot? This is a Grecian urn from the early 1600 B.C. 
well, I'm not going to buy that. You know. <laughs> he must have said that a hundred times. I'm, I'm not going to buy that. And then one thing leads to another, and oh, all right, give me the, yeah. the pot. <laughs> oh, God. No, I remember that vividly. And Mr. Haney, that was Pat Buttram, right? The Pat old uh, comic Buttram. from way back when. Yes, the yeah. sidekick to Gene Autry, and, uh, I think, uh, and a bunch of yeah. movies. Uh, and he lived to a right old age, as did Eddie Albert, by the way, to age 99. But uh, that, Mr. Haney was a classic character in that way. Uh, another classic character that would come along from time to time was Hank Kimball. But it, remember, Mr. Kimball was the guy that came by that could never decide what it is that he was going to say. He was the county agent, supposedly in charge of helping people sort through pesticide issues and planting and crop season and all that. And he'd stop by and... Hi, Mr. Douglas. Uh, nice day out, isn't it? Well, actually, it's not so nice. I got an ingrown toenail. Well, it's more of an outgrown toenail. It's actually grown around. <laughs> I think it's kind of grown up to my calf, actually. You know. Well, Mr. <laughs> Kimball, could you just tell me what you're here to talk about? Agent Kimball calling headquarters. I'm presently at, uh, where am I? Oh, for the Ofer place. Uh, Eb, the farmhand that worked on the property, would, insisted on calling uh, the Douglases mom and dad. You know, was very, uh, oh, I forgot that part. But he was, Eb was one of the more annoying characters on the show, if you ask me, because he basically was just there to pour salt in the wounds. He wasn't really the guy driving the comedy that was Mr. Haney usually, or sometimes Mr. Kimball, but Eb would take their side and, you know, just remind everybody that he was one of the weird ones, too. Uh, there was Alf and Ralph. I think that was it. No. Um, what was their names? Oh, Ralph and Alf. Yeah, Alf and Ralph, or Ralph and Alf. Okay. But... Ralph was the girl, and Alf right. was the boy. Remember, it was a brother-sister painting combo who were perpetually right. painting. This and I remember watching it as a kid and being so confused over the whole Ralph thing. I mean, even I didn't have any idea what a homosexual or lesbian was, but I'm like, why is that girl acting like a man? I don't get it. Yeah. She dresses like a man. She sounds like a man. And I don't. I, did they ever address her sexuality at all on the show? Mm, I sort of remember... I don't think that she, I think she was straight because I think there was an episode, uh, if yes. I remember correctly, where she was going to get married or something like that. Yeah, where she dressed up and she, it turned out she, you know, she was a looker when she put on her dress. But so she I was do not a looker, that. though. That, that was a failure. Well, I'm, being ge I'm being generous. <laughs> yeah. But the whole thing about Ralph and right. Alf, it was a one-trick pony. Okay, we get it. They were, the, they were the carpenters. They were the carpenters that were fixing up the farm, but they never got it fixed up over six seasons. Never got it fixed up, right. Um, so who am I missing? Oh, of course, Mr. Drucker, who you pointed out as uh, was the – he was kind of a normal one. He, would run, he ran the general store. He was actually on all three shows, Green Acres, Petticoat Junction, and uh, – an episode of one or two episodes of Beverly Hillbillies where yes I remember yeah you remember some of the running gigs of course Oliver always wears a suit when he you know when they show him plowing the field I think he always wore a suit all the time uh, he had to climb a telephone pole to make a phone call I, th I always thought that right. was funny <laughs> right it was up at the top of the house I think on top of that, it has a great list of some guest stars, okay? I won't go over the whole laundry list, but let me just give you like a top ten list and tell me if you... All right, now wait. Yeah. Wait. Before you do that, we're missing a couple of very important things here. Who was the actor who played Arnold Ziffel, the pig? Oh, how could I forget that? First of all, 
Um, I used to tell my kids that Arnold Ziffel was my college roommate, and I would show them a picture of Arnold carrying, holding a suitcase. Uh, it, was, it was actually Eddie Albert standing next to him with the suitcase. Uh, and they believed me for a while. Uh, but no, Arnold Ziffel was a great character yeah. uh, who was the pig child of Fred Ziffel. And uh, there were many pigs. They had to use piglets because these were giant pigs. So they would replace oh, yeah. them every year. But let me tell you, did you know that I can do an impersonation of Arnold Ziffel um, uh, impersonating Cary Grant? Well, you've already done an Eddie Albert and a Pat Buttram. So, my God, this is the trifecta. Please do it. Okay. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yeah. Judy, Judy, Judy. Okay. Now, that was a bonus impersonation because it was... A bonus, yes. It was Arnold Ziffel doing Goober yes. doing Cary Grant. Okay? Wow. So, I'm pretty sure that, we don't need a- copyright protection for that. Now, when you when you tour the country and you do your opening act, when you open for Carrot Top, that I bet that gets huge laughs, doesn't it? Yeah. Let me do it again. <laughs> Judy, Judy, Judy. Okay. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, that's just that's a kill. That should really be your closer. When you're on stage, that's your cl- good night, folks. And that's Damn it, it. Arnold, you know, come in oh. here. No, but they had Arnold Ziffel was a civil rights agitator. He went to the bank to open up a bank account. He went to college. He watched TV. He saved for a color TV. um, And he had a job. I can't remember what it was. Maybe that's one for the corrections, too. But of all the people on the show, uh, other than, um, well, I guess we would, I'd probably add Arnold as the third non-weird person, actually. I was going to say it was probably the second most intelligent guy on the show, yeah. only because Eddie, Eddie Albert, had his law degree, Oliver Wendell Holmes. Right. Well, Arnold could have had his law degree, but it, he didn't have the money to go to law school, I don't think, because oh, he wasn't gonna, Fred couldn't support him. There is a curse of Green Acres. Did you know that? The curse of Green Acres. Wow, I've never heard of this. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it's deadly, because every single actor on that show is now dead. Well, I, in my mind, I was thinking, well, Ava Gabor made it a long time because she was Merv Griffin's beard until he died. So I'm trying to do the math in my head. No, as a matter of fact, it's probably just the opposite because Pat Buttram made it to, what, 99? Yeah. Yeah, but they're dead. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. Tom Lester, who well, played. You know what? Yeah. I, that, I should mention there's also the curse of the Jack Benny show. And oh, I never yeah. thought about that. So Someone wow, should look into God. that. I mean, there might be a theme here. So you got to watch wow. out for it. <laughs> but All right, who did you just mention? Tom Lester, who played Ebb, died in April of 2020. May he rest in peace. He was the last surviving cast member. All right, can I get to my guest stars now? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. No, let's say the guest stars. I want to hear this. Well, I think that I would challenge you, or any member of the audience, if there are any members of the audience, to <laughs> come up with a show that has a better top ten list of guest stars than this. Drum roll, please. Okay. Alan Hale, Jerry Van... Who was the... Yeah, skipper. Now, wait, Alan Hale was the skipper on Gilligan's Island. That's right. Jerry Van Dyke, who, of course, was on Coach. That's right. great. Two great ones. Okay, yeah. You fill in the gaps with who they are. Al Lewis. A grandpa monster. Uh, a monster. Uh-huh. Gordon Jump. Um, uh, uh, the boss on WKRP in Cincinnati, the big guy. And don't forget the Maytag repairman. That's right. Bernie Coppell. Oh, uh, Dr. Hairpiece from The Love Boat. Uh-huh, and also Get Smart, right? Uh, yes. Johnny Whitaker. 
Oh, my God. Johnny Whitaker. I forget. Uh, he was uh, uh, Buffy, Jody on Family Affair. <laughs> That's right. Al Molinaro. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the big nose guys from The Odd Couple, and then he became uh, Arnold or Al on uh, Happy Days. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I knew him from the Encore Frozen Entrees commercials. Um, <laughs> it's good to know. Um, Pat Morita. Of course. <laughs> and he was the other Arnold on Happy Days. <laughs> and the Karate Kid. Yeah. Oh, God. And finally, last but not least, yeah. Rich Little as himself. What was Rich Little doing in Hooterville? I don't know. I had to go back and research that episode. <laughs> All right. I'll, you know what? I'll put that in the corrections. <laughs> Is that a list or what? Wow. It, it, how in the world could Pat Morita, an Asian American, what was he doing in Hooterville? I have no idea. I don't know. I'll have to Google that one, too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, we're just about done with my wrap-up, but it, it wouldn't be a show rabbit hole review without seeing whether or not they tried to do a reboot, correct? Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Please tell me they didn't. Well, I'd like to tell... They sort of did it. What they did was, in 1990, there was a show, it's available on YouTube in its entirety, called Return to Green Acres. I couldn't okay. get through it. It was horrendous. Uh, it, was, it was beyond brutal. And if I can't make it through, I mean, I've watched a shitload of stuff on YouTube that you had no business watching as far as bad TV. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't cut through it on this one. I just couldn't. It was directed by William Asher, who I don't know where the hell he came from out of the blue, but he was the director, you know, long-time Bewitch director. But this thing, it had a script where Mr. Haney had turned evil and he was trying to get Mr. Duck... Douglas to sell the farm so he could put up condos. It was like, no, 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 no. It's just taking it one step too far. Uh, wow, so they actually, and this would have been 20 years after it went off the air, so they actually kept the same characters and, and did, I thought it was going to be like a flashback show. No. How about Ava Gabor? Was she still pretty good looking or was she kind of on the downslide? Well, no, I mean, <clears throat> you know, what happened with her was she preserved herself very well, but she wouldn't be good. considered to be you know, super attractive to people outside of her age group is, it would be my now, did evaluation. She, did she still show the appropriate amount of cleavage? Uh, <laughs> no, not on this show. Uh, oh, she did not. Uh, not in 1990. Because there were appropriate amount would be zero amount for a woman of her <laughs> well, age. So I guess she would say you yes. you got to remember, hey, hey, on Green Acres, she used to wear a lot of negligees. And even as a kid who was, you know, didn't really have an interest in girls, I was like, wow, she's pretty. I know. Well, that wasn't an accident. Do you think it was an accident they put those girls no. in the water tank on Petticoat Junction at the beginning no. to get us watching? And here's the, here's the biggest question. And you mentioned Petticoat Junction again. In the entire run of Petticoat Junction and Green, Acre, uh, Green Acres, was there ever a black man on the show? Um... I don't think so, but... I'll Google it. Yeah. But can I just end on one other note? Please. I feel obligated to say, Eddie Arnold, not only was he a World War II pilot and a great actor and a pretty good singer, as I demonstrated so ably at the beginning of my presentation here, right? Yeah. No, maybe not. Uh, but he was one of the inventors of Earth Day. Did you know that? I did not. That's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, well, there's something I need to say, and I hate to do this, but it's going to save me time in the corrections. And I think I was making the, the, the same mistake a couple of times. It's actually Eddie Albert, isn't it? Eddie Albert? Not what? What am I saying? 
I, I think one, both of us at one point said Eddie Arnold. <laughs> did I say Eddie Arnold? <laughs> I think I did, too. No. Eddie Albert, that's his name. Not to be confused with Herb Alpert with a P. <laughs> <laughs> or Albert Eddie. I'll tell you, I, if I said Eddie Arnold, I, I'll be dipped in shit because I know... <laughs> I know damn well know. know the difference between those well, two. You you remember the Sanford and Son show? I kept calling Red Fox Fred. I said, "Yeah, Fred, 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 Fred." So don't worry about it. No, there's no Eddie Arnold. You have to cut that out. This is going to ruin my credibility <laughs> no, for not, any other show. I think I said it first, so don't worry about it. What about uh, Jimmy Eddie Dean? Albert. Did I call anybody Jimmy Dean during this show? No, I don't yeah. think so. Do you know that somebody on Wheel of Fortune, you know Herb Alpert in the Tijuana Brass, that was the answer for Wheel of Fortune? Uh-huh. Somebody said Herb Albert because they didn't have the B or the, or the P. They said uh, Herb Albert uh, and uh, no, Pat Sajak couldn't give it to him. He couldn't. He no. didn't give him to him. No, because it's Herb Alpert, yeah, P-E-R-T. No. And by the way, Herb Alpert in the Tijuana Brass, Herb Alpert was a Jew. Did you know that? Oh, he's still alive. He's still... Um... Oh, yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, I saw him in concert about seven, eight years ago. But, but you know, Tijuana Brass, everyone's singing... You know, no, no, he was a Jewish guy. Great. Hall of Fame. Uh, he's in the Music Hall of Fame. Oh, and he's uh, a tremendous producer, too. And uh, he was one of the guys responsible for the Wrecking Crew movie. Do you remember that one? That uh, Sure. Yeah. Well, good. I don't know how we got there, but that's what the rabbit no. hole is all about. And um, I'm out of material, man, so I think you're going to have to save the day from here. Well, I'm so glad you picked a popular show because I picked one that was on the air for five weeks. <laughs> in... <laughs> Arc 2? <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's along the same lines. And I've always been fascinated with this show because I remember it as a kid, and it's very tough to find much information on it. But it was on for five weeks on NBC in 1980. And the reason this show began is because Fred Silverman was watching the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. And he did a story, Walter Cronkite did, about this singing duo in Japan that were immensely popular. And Fred Silverman said, yes, that sounds like a great show to bring to the USA and put it on TV. I'm talking about, and it was a variety show, Pink Lady and Jeff. I remember that. I remember it vaguely. Pink Lady and Jeff. Vaguely is the only way you can remember it yeah. because it was on for five weeks. And it was so. <laughs> it was. It actually. I, I always like to say it's worth a Google. And it is worth a Google or a YouTube or whatever, however you want to search it, because there are clips available online. But after about watching five minutes of it, you're like, okay, I get the gist of it. It, it starred uh, this singing duo in Japan that were popular for uh, four, five, six years. They were called Me and K. It was spelled M-I-E and K-E-I, but you pronounced it Me and K. It was the two of them and Jeff Altman. And Jeff Altman, I think you know him. He's a good comedian. He's yeah. done like 45. Yeah. He he's, was in he's, those he's, commercials where he plays like a goofy like golfer or something like that. Um yeah, he's done a lot of commercial work. He was on Letterman 45 times. He and Letterman yeah. are good buddies. But he was a guy that just was, he was in over his head. The reason he was in over his head is because me and Kay, the two stars of the show, because it was me and it was Pink Lady and Jeff. He was the, the co-star, the, he's the Jeff. second billing. Yes, he's Jeff. He played Jeff. But, but me and Kay could not speak one word of English. 
Okay, what is he, like their manager or something? What's the, the storyline here? It's a variety show. It's an hour oh. long. And oh. he comes out, and on the first show, he comes out, and he does like a five-minute monologue where he introduces uh, the girls, and he says, hey, this is going to be something great. The girl's coming over. He says, yeah, they're coming over, and, 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 and they've learned English. They never learned English. They didn't know one word of English. But he does his stuff, and you can tell that he's really pulling teeth, trying to sell everybody that this is going to be a big show. So he introduces <laughs> the girls. <laughs> and <laughs> they come out and they're on stage and they're both wearing authentic Japanese kimonos and they start to sing and they sing a Japanese song and first of all they're not good singers they're not harmonizing they're both singing the same note and you can tell that they're off key I mean one of them is like below so first of all right there you're like well this really doesn't sound that good but then after about 15 seconds of this traditional Japanese song they shed the kimonos the boogie fever it got the boogie down and it was pretty good i like thank you thank you so so they do boogie fever they're so obviously lip syncing they had to learn all of their song lyrics and all of their dialogue phonetically and so they do this song and it's it's the epitome of just bad variety tv the girls are doing their little dance steps you know it's like two steps to the right two steps to the left then after one course they move to the wings and the real dancers come out and they do a decent job blah 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 then the girls come back out they sing again it's very average at best then they join jeff altman to do you know their their interplay their crosstalk and first of all you can tell that the girls just don't speak english because they're saying things you can tell they don't understand whether but all of the humor is all about the fact that they're from Japan. They come out, and they're standing next to Jeff, and he does a little introduction, and uh, he says, and the girls, you know, they, they've learned, and, and boy, they studied English when they were in Japan, and, and they speak it fluently. So he's like, uh, uh, he turns to one of them and says, so, so, uh, so you, you're fluent in English? And she says, yes. Do you speak English too? <laughs> and that's the punchline. <laughs> and so he says, well, yes. You know, he says, it's very difficult to speak English properly. And one of the Japanese girls says, keep trying, you'll get better. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) And so so the other girl, the the one, the sexy one, says, oh, Jeff, you are so funny and handsome. And he says, I swear to God, he says, oh, you just get turned on by my sexy round eyes. Oh. Oh, my (laughs) God. I know. And he also makes a joke about the fact that um, the girls are there and he says, oh, can you get me a good deal on a Nikon camera? Wow. <laughs> I know. Well, I just I Googled. It's... I mean, this wasn't exactly. Yeah. Obviously, <clears throat> that's, that wouldn't go over well today. Uh, also, right. oh. uh, I just Googled because I, ha- I, co- I just couldn't take it any longer. I had to just jog my memory. Uh, and so I Googled images of Pink Lady and Jeff. And I'm seeing... Him standing there with them wearing bikinis, the girls. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they're... they were attractive. You know, they were attractive. Yeah, slim, but I mean, it know, seems but... like okay, put them in bikinis. You know, yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Uh, then there's another one when they're standing with Hugh Hefner, so they must have had him as a guest star. 
Uh, and then they're singing with Donny Osmond in another one here. So, yep. yeah, this. Well, I'll get to the guest stars. I, I think you hit the highlights of the guest stars. <laughs> sorry, but... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump ahead. <laughs> no, that, no, that's fine. But I wanted to illustrate what they were going for. It... Here's the thing. They, they became very popular for a couple of years in Japan. And they could hold a tune, but they weren't Ella Fitzgerald. Or they Eddie Arnold. Judy Garland. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> or Eddie Albert, you know. But, but Fred Silverman saw them. They were very popular. They were selling out arenas. They were good looking. And he said he went to Sid and Marty Croft. And, of course, you know Sid and Marty Croft. You remember them from when we were kids. Yeah, I don't like them. No, me neither. They, they did HR. No, I don't like them either. They did HR Puffin stuff. That was their first they big breakthrough. They had the puppets. They weren't even, a, these are not even elaborate looking puppets, but don't get no, me started. No, I, I could never. Well, here's Sid and Marty Croft. Listen to all the stuff that they did. Yeah. They did, of course, the banana splits, HR Puffin stuff. We remember them from their TV shows, their cartoon shows as kids. Yeah. But then, then later, listen to this. Listen to all the shows that Sid and Marty Croft got to produce. And granted, most of them weren't hits, but they did Pryor's Place, which, of course, starred Richard Pryor. Remember that? Yeah. The DC Follies, uh, the Barbara Mandrell and Follies, Sisters. I used to watch that. That was on late at night. Did you know that? Like a 10 or 1030 at night on the weekends? Yeah. It was, wasn't it syndicated with puppets and they would yeah. take off They'd on sit around events? a bar and, and uh, it was like a Cheers, but for puppets. Yeah. Yeah. And they would talk about and they would talk about stuff that's going on in Washington. I can't believe we're talking about that show. Yeah. Well, it, these are all shows that Sid <laughs> Marty Croft did. <laughs> the Barbara Mandrell and Sisters. Remember when they had that uh, variety show that was actually pretty popular for a now, while. Now, did they? I remember that, and it was popular. Yeah. There was that was Sweet Spot seventies variety show shit right there. I might have been early. I think 80s. it was. Yeah, yeah. I think it was early eighties. But yeah, it was. It was popular for a couple of years. But remember that other variety show was just like that, but it was with the 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 male brothers rather than the Mandrell sisters. Who was it? it? Was Larry? What was his last name? The country singer. Damn, Larry and oh. the Gatlin brothers. Remember? Sure, the Gatlin brothers. See, I don't remember that show, but I remember the yeah. Barbara. I remember Barbara Mandrell and her sister. Yeah. Well, the Gatlin brothers had the same show. And just to, to go on with this, Sid and Marty Croft also did. Oh yeah, tell me Sorry. the Bra- the Brady Bunch Hour. Remember how horrible that show was? I mean, that was like one of the biggest bombs of all time. That was an abomination. They did, they did Donnie and Marie, which was a hit for a few years. Maybe one of the biggest all- variety show hits with Sonny and Cher, wouldn't you say? Right, but uh, Sid and Marty Croft didn't do that. But Sid and Marty Croft also did one of the uh, the classics of all time that definitely is worth a Google. The Paul Lind Halloween special. <laughs> no, that that doesn't exist. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And I remember because Pinky Tuscadero, Roz, uh, whatever her last name Roz is. Baron. She was one no. of the guests. Was that her? No, what no, was her last name? No, she's a, a newscaster. Uh, Roz oh, okay. Kelly. Uh, I think. Roz Kelly. Yeah. That's right. You're exactly <laughs> right. I think it was Roz Kelly. <laughs> See, the stuff Uh-oh. doesn't stuff stays in All my right. head forever, I'm telling you. <laughs> Sometimes it's so, way back. So Sid and Marty Croft. Sid and Marty Croft do this show. After, after one episode, everyone knew it was going to fail. But here are some of the guest stars. And I'm going to mention one right off the top was Larry Hagman, mm-hmm. who, was, of course, at the time was G.R. Ewing on Dallas. He saw the show, and he said, fuck this. I'm not doing this show. So, <laughs> so supposedly, whoever it was went behind the scenes and said, Larry, listen, come on, you, can, you, can you do the show? And they paid him something like $30,000 to come on stage for like seven minutes. Wow. Which back then was a ton of dough, yeah. So Old he probably always comes up smelling like a rose. Yeah. 
Well, and he was a big drinker back then. He was oh, yeah. a, well, he was an alcoholic. So he probably just downed whatever it was and said, "Okay, what the hell?" Well, he had post-traumatic big... stress syndrome from being an astronaut. <laughs> That's very true. You yeah, know. So you got to give exactly him a break. Right. Well, and the thing is, you know, he was always so stressed out because he was afraid that someone was going to find out that we never actually went to the moon and they were going to blow his cover. <laughs> so that's a lot of stress. Oh, I thought it was because he thought that somebody would find out he had a genie in the house, but I guess you're right. It was about the moon. Day. Well, that was Bill Daly, who, by the way, was such an <laughs> asshole. Remember, he was always trying to steal genie. What, what yeah. kind of a best friend is that? Yeah. What a dick. Right. And then he went on and he moved to Chicago and he was like a dick to Bob Newhart after that, too. Well, and what a demotion. He goes yeah. from being an astronaut to being an airline pilot on Bob Newhart. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's Howard, the biggest demotion in the world. Howard, his name to Howard, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's playing the exact same guy, exact yeah. same guy, exact same bumbling guy, you know. Yeah. But good for him, good for him. Uh, all right, so here are the other uh, <laughs> guest stars on Pink Lady and Jeff. Sherman Hemsley. Uh-huh. Did he do a dance? Uh, Donny, uh, he was a dan- good dancer, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, he did a dance. You're exactly right. I, I didn't see the full episode, but the clip I saw, he's like doing that that Sherman Hemsley, George Jefferson dance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned Donny Osmond. Believe it or not, can you believe this? Sid Caesar. Oh, yeah. They, One of the great classics. You know, I mean, he did the Pink Lady and Jeff show. They rolled him out until he was dead on wherever they could on network TV. The other guy they did that too was I always get him used to get him confused with Charlie Callis. Remember with the big bug eyes? Oh. He would come out well, and do a comedy routine, the same one-trick pony for 55 years. That, it's criminal that you would compare a guy with Sid Caesar's <laughs> resume to Charlie Callis. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Charlie Callis. All right, real quick, let me finish these. Um, <laughs> Jerry Lewis was on Pink Lady and Jeff. Oh, okay. And... And he shows up, and he's just so inappropriate. He's basically doing stuff from his Vegas act. It's just, he's not funny. He's doing stuff you've seen a hundred times before, you know, hey, and pretending lady. that he's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. It, he did the bit where he, he puts a cigarette in his mouth, and he, he does the lighter, and the lighter makes this huge flame. Uh, and he's like, Larry! <laughs> I mean, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I swear to you. <laughs> Actually, it did amuse me for a moment, but I'm like, oh, wait, I think I've seen this. Um, now, one of the things about Pink Lady and Jeff, they couldn't get guest stars. So what they would do is they would get recording artists because they'd always, always want to be on the show to promote their latest record. So they had, um, well, they had Cheap Trick. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, gosh, I didn't write down a lot of the musical acts. Oh, they had Blondie. They had Debbie, Harry, and Blondie. Okay. Uh, and... Um, Let's see. Oh, and here's the one that I love. And they introduced him as, here he is, Roy Orbson. Orbson? Who yeah, said Orbson. that? One of the girls? Me or Kay, oh, one okay. of them. They're, they're interchangeable in my mind. So and there's Roy Orbson. And I'm sure Roy probably never even met him. He probably recorded his thing, you know, a week before or a week after. Probably. Hey, but was, here's the most important question. Yeah. Was he blind yeah. or what? I never got clarification on that. No, I don't think he was blind, but I think he had I think he had a sensitivity to light. I don't know. I'll put that in the corrections, I promise. Because he always wore the dark glasses that looked like he was blind, right? Yeah. 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 He always wore he was wearing those glasses, I think, even in the fifties. There's some so. people that say Stevie Wonder's not really blind. Like there's some YouTube footage that says that it proves that like somebody drops something in front of him and that he catches it and stuff like that. But I suppose Really? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, a lot of people that are blind 
aren't completely blind. Right. I interviewed a guy, and I got done, and like a dummy, I'm sitting there on the set with him, and I shake my hand, or I, I put my hand out, and I say, hey, thanks for being here today. And he actually, he was able to find my hand, and so we shook hands. Uh, right, but, yeah. But, you know, I think there's a difference between completely blind and legally blind, but I'll find out about Roy, I promise. I'll put it in the corrections. You got it. Okay. I'll watch for it. All right, so I'm, I'm just checking my, I'm checking my uh, notes one more time. Uh, no, it, it, that's about it. I mean, it was only on five episodes, so I think I really milked this as much as I could. So why was it canceled? Uh, because <laughs> it was just horrible. Yeah, right. the, 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 the comedy segments, they do. There's actually one comedy segment where Richard Altman, uh, or Robert, no, not uh, where Jeff Altman. Richard sorry. Altman. Are you sure R- I said R- Eddie Arnold? No, I'm sure you did. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Altman uh, actually uh, does a Nixon impersonation mm-hmm. in one of the comedy sketches. Oh, yeah, and, and the comedy sketches are so weak. You feel bad for Jeff because, like I say, he's kind of a B plus comedian. He's had a lot of success, but. Yeah. There was just no save in this show. Now, Absolutely. Is he still around, active and everything? Jeff Altman or Richard Attenborough, whatever you call him? <laughs> From what I can understand, yes. I'll put that in the corrections, but I didn't see anything about him dying. And I, like I say, I know he and Letterman are good buddies, okay. so I think they pal around and go to the Indy 500. So, all right. Um, boy, the corrections are going to take 100 years. But that's okay. We covered a lot of ground here. Green Acres, Pink Lady, and Jeff. Uh, Eddie Albert, Eddie Arnold, uh, Arnold Ziffel. Um, let's see, uh, how many other uh, Arnolds did we mention today? All right, so I think to close out this episode, I think the best thing to do, rather than wrap it up, I think, again, end on the high note. Here he is, my good friend, attorney Harry Bartosiak, broadcasting from the Chicago area, doing his impersonation of Arnold Ziffel, doing his impersonation of Cary Grant. Harry, over to you. Judy, Judy, Judy. All right, I'm going to say right off the bat, these corrections are nearly impossible. I'll get to the easy ones first. Arnold Ziffel, the pig, he was a paper pig. He delivered the paper. So opposed to being a paper boy, he was a paper pig. Say that ten times fast. Rich Little and Pat Morita... They were both on Green Acres. I can't figure out why or what they played. Comedian Jeff Altman, still alive, thankfully. Roy Orbison, or I should say Roy Orbson. He was not blind, as I think we all kind of knew. Frank Cady was the actor who played Sam Drucker. And now to the very hard part. Eddie Albert was the actor who played Oliver Wendell Douglas on Green Acres. Now, I say that so slowly because five times Harry referred to Eddie Albert as Eddie Arnold. And one time, right off the bat, I referred to Eddie Albert also as Eddie Arnold. And, of course, Eddie Arnold was a great country singer back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. He actually had 147 hits on the Billboard charts, the most famous being, Make the World Go Away. And adding to the confusion... Harry and I both referred to Oliver Wendell Douglas as Oliver Oliver Wendell Holmes. You can see why this is so hard to do. We called Oliver Wendell Douglas Oliver Wendell Holmes one time each. And, of course, Oliver Wendell Holmes, as you historians know, was a Supreme Court justice early in the previous century. There you go. There are the corrections. 
Thank you for listening. So long now.